Now, talking travel with travel expert and specialist, Sally Lucas. But you are here and like always, you've got some exciting stuff to, to tell us about for Talking Travel. Yeah, well I thought we'd start off with a light-hearted bit of uh, banter today, which is, it's the year of the pig, which I mentioned last week, I am one of, and um, we're talking about porcine pursuits you can do in the year of the ah, pig. Ah, very good. Now, I don't know that our listeners have heard of this before, and I might have mentioned it once before, but you can actually swim with pigs in the Bahamas. It's one of the only places in the world where you? pigs actually go swimming in the ocean. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> so it's not far from Nassau and uh, there's one of the um, places. It's called, they, they call them the Porky Castaways. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and the others live on what they call No Name Cape which is in the Abaco Islands and you can do a sailing trip actually <laughs> with Intrepid around that area where they actually drop in on the pigs they're fed and watered by a volunteer and they call him the pig whisperer Craig Craig the pig whisperer what a what a job description and I a know, title I know isn't it incredible does he, he apply sun cream on them so they don't turn into crackle well they've crackle? got little pink snouts haven't they yeah so you don't you want probably... them sizzling away and no, you know I don't know I have to, we'd better check with Craig on that one yeah Craig, Craig <laughs> would know he would be the person to ask. He would be most definitely. Now in Malaysia you've got another different sort of pigs there's a resort there called the Gaya Island Resort and it's a um, 15 minute speedboat ride across the South China Sea from Sabah's capital of Kota Kinabalu and it's home to those long-tailed macaque monkeys that you see and oh, also yes. the proboscis with the funny big nose. Yes. But they're also home to families of wild bearded pigs. <laughs> so apparently they snuffle around the open air restaurant there which is a five minute boat ride around from the headland and again they they just trot along in the sand etc while you're having a sundowner on the deck or whatever and well. you can just watch the pigs wander <laughs> on the beach so there you go now, i've been to this winery the winery pigs they have the winery dogs as you know and there's always books out about yeah. the winery dogs yeah. well there's lots of uh, vineyards now have pigs there you go and we went to this particular vineyard in tassie at the home oak beautiful wines by I can tell you, we, we get wine from them, you know, it's regularly sent up because we Beautiful. just love their we wines. It's in the Tamar Valley, which is near Launceston. And um, as I said, it's a boutique vineyard. And they have, when you get there, there's this big bucket of apples. And this big pig, I mean, is larger than life. He is huge. When they bought him, he was supposed to be in a miniature pig, but you should see the size <laughs> of him. So he's called Pino Pig. <laughs> and he, he begs puts his feet up on the fence for you to give him an apple. Oh, does he? So you can actually say, get your trotters out of the trough. It, almost. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently they've added now, and they've brought um, a, a Pinot, what they call Pinot Senior, but he, um, he's called rather Pinot Senior now, but they've got two more pigs, which they've called Pinot Junior and Mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they're a third Pork of the mayonnaise. size of... of Mr. Big Pig, the Mr. Senior. senior Pig. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in England, you can actually stay at a chain of hotels, become a slothful swine if you want, <laughs> at their pig hotels. It's a boutique cha uh, chain known for its shabby chic style, bucolic locations, kitchen gardens and restaurants. And they've got five properties scattered across the south coast, counties of Hampshire, Devon, Dorset and Somerset. And they're going to open a sixth one very, very soon in Kent. And apparently the building that they're refashioning, it's a 17th century red brick manor in Kent, and it was a venue for bands including Led Zeppelin in the 1970s. Oh, very cool. So that'll be a cool place to go to, wouldn't 
certainly would be. Um, Peppa Pig, well, you know all about that with your kids. I'm sure they've grown up on Peppa Pig. Um, There's a Peppa Pig world of play in the Shanghai Mall now, which opened last year. So all the fans of the much-loved Peppa Pig can go there and explore indoor play areas, Peppa's family house and tree house, supermarket, Madame Gazelle's school bus, etc. Wow. And they're opening a second play centre with 14 themed areas at a place called Grapevine near Dallas and Fort Worth in Texas. And they're a third slated to go into Michi- Michigan. Oh, in Australia, you can cuddle a pig. You can go to the Happy go Pig to the farm, farm. <laughs> on, on the outskirts of Stanthorpe and you can stay there on there and you meet its cuddle pigs and lambs at Blackwattle Farm, which is near Beerwa in Queensland. Or you can uh, go to the show this weekend. I'm taking the yes. kids and, of course, yes. they've always got the Ag area and um, they have all sorts of pigs. They have the miniature pigs there too. Do they? Oh, oh yeah. I love it. I love going with the kids. Yeah. And, well, the know. Ag section particularly or anything to do with the animals as well is fantastic. I think that's one of the, so to me, the main attractions of the show. I'm the person there that's kicking the kids out of the way and saying, let me get to the animals first. <laughs> <laughs> You're hopeless, Sarah, but we know that. Well, I didn't okay. realise there were so many things to do with pigs aside yeah. from, and you that know. Was, that wasn't all of them. Roasting run- them. Yeah, exactly. Yes, well, we won't talk about that, will we? <laughs> no, that's right. Um, but, yes, yeah, so things you can do that are poor scene-like if you're fancying doing something like that, which is just something a little bit different. A little bit quirky, a little bit fun to celebrate the year of the pig. I like it. Your mama says that through the week you can't go out with me. Now we're off to the Kimberley for a brief while, Sal. Yeah, I'd just like to mention again at this time of the year because anywhere in the top end, this is when they get their rain, of course. Mm, So this is when you're going to see your beautiful waterfalls. So if you go up there in the winter months... Often there's only lucky to be a trickle. Okay. So you're missing out on you the full impact. Out. You do. And right through probably till about, because when we, I'm trying to think when we did the Kimberley Cruise, it was April, that's right. Um, and the waterfalls were massively flowing. Yeah, and, okay. And, and they would be, I reckon, into May, depending on how big a wet season they've had. Sure. But like the King George Falls, I mean, they're the largest twin falls. And, then, you know, you cruise up the river and you go around this bend and suddenly you see them. It's just absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. And because of the colours in the Kimberley because of this redness of the earth you know your green of your foliage at that time of the year the clarity of the water and then your wildlife it's just stunning amazing yeah and if you've ever talked to anyone and I mean I talk to many people who've been to the Kimberley in many ways shapes and fashions whether it be on a round Australia holiday or a short trip or a fly-in or doing a tour coach tour or doing the cruise everyone just comes away astounded really by the beauty Everyone's impressed. Everyone. So it should be, I think, one of the Australian destinations that really should be on everyone's bucket list. Mm. It's such a special part of the world. And I've mentioned before, even when I've spoken with Jane when we've talked about it, which she's been to that area and the Antarctic, which she's been to as well, I say they're two of my favourite areas and yet they're so almost the antithesis of each other. Yeah, they are. One's all white. <laughs> and the other one's and vibrant all with colours. vibrant with colours, but they're both very, very special. And, you know, if you can manage to do it, if you're lucky enough to have a few months off and be a grey nomad and take your time, but if not, look, there's some lovely tours with different touring companies now. You can do your cruise, but that's not cheap, between Broome and Darwin. That's about 10 days. Um, but do it. If you don't do it when there's water, you're going to be very disappointed because the horizontal falls and the big tides aren't going to be happening, okay. etc. So you really, I'm really of the belief that you need to do it after the end of the wet season to get the benefit out of what you're going to see. So it's sort of an autumn 
thing. Well, it is autumn for us, isn't it, now, just about mm-hmm. getting onto that. And a lot of people say, oh, yes, it's going to be hot. Well, of course it is still hot up there at that time of the year. but <laughs> Any time of the year. Well, any time of the year, but it obviously it is less hot in the winter months, needless to say. But it, it, everything's drier then, more barren, you know. Yeah. So you're, you're not, you, you see more crocodiles, if you, that's what you want to see. Okay. Because all the river levels have dropped. So <laughs> they sun, them, they sun <laughs> themselves out. on the banks, see? Yeah. They can't do that in the wet season because the rivers are up to capacity. Okay. So they're lurking underneath and you've got no idea where they are. <laughs> I think I'll, think I'll right? go in the winter where I can see them, thanks. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's one way of thinking about <laughs> it. But look, the Kimberley is a beautiful, beautiful place. And as I said, there's so many ways that you can do it, whether it be flying in, doing a short stay. I mean, even Broome itself is worth a visit just to even to do even though it sounds touristy, the Camel Beach ride at sunset along Cable Beach is just wonderful. Oh, there's just some things um, you have to do. You and know? you've still got dinosaur footprints there. It's, it's an 80 kilometre stretch where dinosaurs once lived and you can just go and see their big feet marks in oh, the rocks. My son would lose his mind over that. You know, so, and you can do the same in Queensland, in the centre of Queensland. They've just recently found, I think we mentioned last week, this huge new imprint of, of one of the rarest forms of dinosaurs ever found and it's when you sort of see that that you go wow they they really were real i mean obviously we know they are but it's when you see it you go whoa that's that's kind of you know if if they had a footprint mind-blowing yeah that's exactly right and just briefly if i can mention too coming up very very soon we're talking about this this time of the year which is autumn for us but it's spring in japan so remember your cherry blossoms at this time of the year are stunning and they do bloom at different times in different areas. So just keep that in mind depending on where you're going to be. If you're still mainly around the Tokyo area, it is going to be from that usually late March into middle of April. It's only a two-week window. This year they've had a warmer winter, so they're saying they could even start budding earlier. Oh, so it always depends on your seasons. But if you're going further, you know, to the to the north, which is colder, like around Sapporo and Hokkaido, they go don't appear there till the end of April into May. Right. So just check which parts of Japan you're going to if you don't want to miss out. And a lot of the hotels have some beautiful things happening at that time. They have these wonderful floral tributes, like a tower of just oh, flowers, you know, in their foyer. You can do Japanese traditional tea-making ceremonies, learn how to put a kimono on correctly and tie it. Um, so there's beautiful Japanese food, all the different food that they have to celebrate. It's a very celebratory time of year for the Japanese, for the cherry blossoms my girlfriend lived in japan for a year and she fell in love with the cherry blossom so much so that she's got a big uh, tattoo of a cherry blossom oh, on really? now but she just thought that was one of the most beautiful things and yes. beautiful times but living there it is and as i said it does vary but look you can check that there's some great websites you can have a look at if you just look at cherry blossom viewing there's one called the japan specialist and there's japan travel bureau etc but yeah it's a lovely time of the year to go and there's some wonderful package holidays you can get that will incorporate those cherry blossoms blossoms for you depending on which part of japan you want to visit excellent now sal when we come back we better have a look at some hot deals in the marketplace we certainly do and there's quite a few to get (laughs) through today as usual looking at hot deals in the marketplace sal 
We are, and just about every Air New Zealand comes up with a great reduction in airfares to get us away to the beautiful Cook Islands, and that's happening again this year. So you can book by 14 March, and there's a whole range of accommodation on the Cooks that you can choose from, you know, from your basic right through to your deluxe, to your adults-only resorts, etc. So you've got incredible airfare savings, and some of them have got even up to 50% off land packages as well. Jeez, that's good, so, isn't it? 50% you know, off. Yeah, well, your lead-in starts at just under $1,100 and that's six nights with, you know, a, a $100 New Zealand, they use New Zealand dollars there, resort credit, breakfast, of course, your airfares, your transfers and your six nights accommodation. That's a cheap holiday. And it's a beautiful little place. The people are so warm and friendly and they have the bus called the clockwise bus and the anti-clockwise bus. <laughs> Don't you love it? That makes it, it easy, o- doesn't it? That could only happen yeah. over there, couldn't oh, absolutely. it? absolutely. So you could get on this bus if you want or you could hire scooters, which we did, and we got around on a scooter, and it's just so relaxed and so friendly. It's just a delightful little getaway if you're thinking that that's what you need right now. If you need to unwind, do it. Also, there's a cruise that operates year-round in Hawaii. There's only one cruise ship does this, which is the Pride of America, which is Norwegian Cruise Line, and it visits the four islands of Oahu, which is where Honolulu is the capital, Maui, the big island of Hawaii, of course, which is famous for its volcano, oh. and Kauai. And Kauai is a wonderful island. It's got a lot of hiking trails and mountain, ra- mountain ranges. Sorry. They're also different because they've all been uh, volcanic at different times in their life span. So we all know that Hawaii is currently still active. It's the only a- really active one. But Kauai, they've got a canyon there called the Waimea Canyon, which is like a miniature Grand Canyon. And people don't realise that that's in Hawaii. Okay. You know, it's, it takes them out of their comfort zone a bit. They think you're just going to go there and see palm trees or whatever. And then they see this and go, hang on. Yeah, but it's just fantastic. It's a seven-day cruise which departs Saturdays all year round. So just keep that in mind if that's a nice way to really see all those islands. Yeah, sounds great. Now, Sea Cloud 2, this is this beautiful, I know listeners you can't see this, but I can assure you that Sarah can. I can, and you can look through the, the cam, the spy cam, there you there go, you Sal's go. holding it up for you. Beautiful Looks master like a cloud. Vessel. Yes, the Sea Cloud, it's called <laughs> yeah, the Sea go. Cloud 2. And it's doing cruises around the Iberian Peninsula, I mean it's a truly... Um, authentic yacht. Um, all three masts are set by hand so you get that real sailing experience but it's also luxurious and you're one of only 94 guests on board. So it's luxury small ship trip cruising as I said so it's not inexpensive. They've got one in May for example doing the Moorish areas of the south, south of Spain, Portugal, Lisbon etc. Private flamenco performances, all sorts of interesting things and that's just under $13,000 for your 10 days but that's real luxury if you want some luxury. Um, we've also talked about of course Australia today with, with the Kimberley and there's some lovely itineraries you can do to incorporate not just the Kimberley but parts of Western Australia. Um, all Australian holidays has a range of lovely holidays in their brochure, not just Western Australia to any state in Australia. But today we'll just mention the West Australian ones. There's one on the 8th of September calling Eight Days Through the Pilbara. And what you do, that you fly into Port Hedland and you come down in through the uh, Carigini National Park down to Newman, Mika, Sarah. So this is really an interesting trip through that centre, not, well, not the centre, but in the centre of WA, not the centre of Australia, down through Mika, Sarah and then on to Perth and you fly home from Perth. So that's a really interesting itinerary. And you can actually depart from the Hunter because it is a Newcastle 
and, oh, owned handy. and based company, yeah, Australian great. Holidays. Yeah, we talked about Darwin to Broome. They've got four, uh, three departures there: July, August, uh, two in August, and one in July this year from Darwin to Broome. And that's where you will fly into Darwin, go down to Catherine, then you go across to Kununurra to that wonderful El Cristo National Park and the gorges that you see there, which are just fantastic. Halls down to Halls Creek, across to Derby, onto Broome for a couple of nights before you come home. Um, so that's uh, under six and a half thousand dollars, and that's including your airfares, and that's most twenty-five quality meals, like top accommodation. All your inclusions are in that, and there's a little longer one if you want to want a West Coast Explorer. Goes on the twenty-fifth of July, where you fly into Broome, go down through Port Hedland, then you go down to Tom, uh, Tom Price actually, across to Caratha, Exmouth, which is where the whale sharks are, but not at that time of the year. I think they're September. Um, then it goes down to Carnarvon, um, to Denham, and Denham is the port where Monkey Mire is. That's the closest town to where you can swim with the dolphins okay. at Monkey Mire. Uh, Kalbari, which is a fantastic, we went to it last year, National Park. It's just, it's where the, the pinnacles are. You see, you often see these photos of these unusual shapes yes. in the Kalbari, which are these limestoney, interesting pinnacles. Um, then Geraldton, then through Cervantes, which is a lovely coastal town, very pretty, right on the water. At Gorge, the colour of the water just blew me away. And then down to Perth, and then you fly home. And that one starts from under $8,000. Um, X the Hunter as well for 15 days. So it's a beautiful brochure. It's got a lot, a range of lovely Australian journeys in it if you do like to do your coach touring. And they've also got little short ones, like if you wanted to go and do um, Vivid Sydney, like they have when they, that's on, they have the little short Vivid Stays. Yeah, or they, yep. they do little short ones as well, okay. little three and four day. So it's quite a, a wide range. Depending on what you want to do. Yeah, so it's yeah. A, a pretty wide range. So there's something out there for everyone as usual, Sarah. So. Sally, thank you so much. So much happening as always. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.